Welcome to Daddy Ball, an in-depth look at the issue of parent coaches in youth sports. Something I've come across a lot recently is a lot of comments, Instagram posts, Facebook posts, warning parents about the issues of joining a youth sports team with a parent as a coach. And I totally understand the, the potential bias that may come up, and we all heard, you know, horror stories about some of these uh, issues and biases, uh, but I really wanted to get an in-depth look and really talk to some parents on teams to really see is this as big of an issue as it's played out to be on the internet, or are some of these people, you know, making an issue out of something that's, you know, not really there. Uh, so we're going to talk with six different dads of, you know, various teams, uh, some are coaches, some are not, some choose to coach, and some have left that up to uh, a paid coach. And uh, we really just want, I just want to dig in, provide some value, and you know, hopefully give you some different perspective on the issue. I think there's a lot of great points that come up in these discussions, and it's not a, a simple black or white yes or no answer. I think we really need to dig in, find a little bit more information about that organization, and you know, make an informed choice for yourself and your family. I hope you guys enjoy. I hope you guys get something out of it. Please leave a comment if you've had any issues, positive, negative. Uh, are you a coach? Have you joined a coach, uh, a team with a parent coach? Whatever that looks like, leave a comment. Let us know what you think. We'd love to get your perspective. Thank you. There wasn't the dynamics of if you wanted a competitive environment, you had to join a travel ball team. And now when you join a travel ball team, like a seven-year-old or even a 10-year-old, there's like 15 teams in Southern California that you have to pick, right? So yeah. back then it was like, hey, there's that one coach and he's the only one grabbing all the kids and he's kind of doing a couple tournaments and you kind of go in that route. Now with the dynamics of travel ball, I think you're in a, you're, the parents are, are even more in, in, when you have too many choices, I think it's not that good in travel ball um, because of the fact that you have so many different options. Um, your assumption is that your kid is more competitive than rec ball, so let's go travel ball. Okay, so you go travel ball. Now, the dynamics with the coach when it comes to daddy ball, I think, changes, right? If you're not, if, if you're, if you put your kid in there and you're the, and you're the parent and you're sitting in the stands, now your choices, is the dynamics good with the coach? Is he putting his player like at short all the time because that's the best position? Is this kid the only one that's going to pitch today because it's his son? So you start asking those types of questions, right? You want to hopefully be able to sit back and enjoy the game and cheer and be positive for your son or daughter. But at the same time, you have to make these choices, right? So in a circumstance that we came across for our baseball, and I'll leave our team out of this. Nobody yeah, of course. The player's name is Dad X or whatnot, is we had created a travel ball from scratch or a travel ball team from scratch. And typically the way, you know, it's done nowadays is you realize there's a couple of good players. You talk to the parents and say, hey, would you like to go to a travel ball route? If you have, you know, 10 good players, let's go ahead and do that. Um, the situation being is, in, in preparation for this team, we decided, hey, we're going to have two coaches or three coaches officially, and we're going to have some dads that help us on the, on the field in terms of uh, drills and preparation for, the, for uh, the game. During game time, we'll have three coaches, and, and that's it. The rest of the dads will, will sit in the stands and be a fan and be a dad for the day. Mm -hmm. Now, in, in terms of where you talk about daddy ball, it's not even sometimes being the coach that you've got to be concerned about as a parent. It's now who's, who's around your kids right? Is it other coaches that are going to have the mentality of being daddy ball or have daddy ball where if they're doing a drill, this is our exact example. If we're, if that happened to us is 
the coach would be doing drills with our kids as designated by us. Hey, go do the hitting drill. He would go do the hitting drill and he would do the hitting drill and he would partially be paying attention to the kid in front of him. But the majority of the time he was looking around for his own son to see what he was doing. Mm -hmm. Right. How is he performing at this other drill? Do they have him in a certain position? And it happened pretty frequently. We just thought, okay, he's going to, he's going to have to adjust. He's going to have to be comfortable. He's come from being a coach to now being a supportive environment, a supporter for our team. No, it actually, it got worse as a couple of weeks went along. Um, in terms of being worse is he would start yelling directions from another part of the field to his son. And that went from his son to yelling directions to a coach like myself. Hey, my kid can hit it, uh, can hit the ball hard. Why don't you pitch it hard? So hence, if you okay. imagine I'm doing the drill, I'm pitching to the kids during a hitting drill, and he's telling me while he's supposed to be doing one drill to go ahead and pitch harder to his kid, yeah. right? Um, and during that circumstance, I can only look at him and just really ignore him to the fact, right? Yeah, yeah. So this extended without giving you a whole long story, but this extended to multiple practices. We go to our very first tournament as an official travel ball team. And he's yelling instructions from the, from the stands. He's, he's uh, telling other parents how bad decisions we were using with not that kind of a language, but mm -hmm. he was using some cuss words and telling, talking about how bad these coaches were. And it essentially got to a point where we found this to be unacceptable. Yeah. He started saying that certain players should not be in those positions that his son should be on. His son is better than those ex-players, and so his son should be first base. Well, his son is pitching. His son can't pitch, play first base, and be catcher. So now he designated that his son's the best pitcher, the best first baseman, and the best catcher, and the best shortstop. So immediately after the game, we had a conversation with him and, my, him and uh, myself and the other coach had a conversation with him. It escalated in terms of, of language mm -hmm. to the point where that evening we had to give him a call and dismiss him from the team. So when you talk about travel ball, unfortunately with daddy ball, I don't even think the concern should be the, exa the, the head manager with their son or daughter. It should be the other coaches. Are, are, they being, are they focusing on daddy ball stuff? Are they only there to support their kids and not support the environment? Because if you think about how much time is spent, you have a two-hour practice. How much time is spent uh, of your son or daughter with the manager or the main head coach versus all the other coaches. The majority is going to be with the other coaches because mm -hmm. of drills or, hey, hey, motivational talks, um, very uh, position-specific drills. So the concern, I think, is more just the other coaches, right? Yeah, I think yeah. that's where the daddy, ball, uh, uh, the daddy ball mentality or that's where parents should have a, um, a, a, a pause and say, who else is on this staff? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. versus just the manager and the coach because they're so involved oftentimes they're not even they don't even have the time to do it i yeah. find myself as as a, as a as the head coach for a baseball and a soccer team i don't even find myself i don't have enough time to focus on my kid because i got everything else to worry about yeah yeah now now looking at that so coach so you know you asked him uh that coach to to help out in some way shape or form he wasn't a, an yeah. actual team coach but if there was any, you know, if we're able to look back on that now, were there any early signs or early warning signs that maybe another parent could have seen or maybe you could have seen that just would have, you know, potentially raised a, a question mark or red flag? So if I'm, a, what I'm trying to get at really is if I'm a parent, is there any similar qualities between whether it's a head coach, assistant coach, parent volunteer that 
maybe we might be able to spot uh, to kind of stop those situations from, you know, escalating like it did with your team? Um, I think is, so there's a, there's scenarios, right? There's, if you're, I think you, you can absolutely spot it. Um, if you're at tryouts, right? And if mm-hmm. tryouts at a team that's that's from scratch, then every, everything's open, right? And you can yeah. kind of get an idea. You can kind of, you can kind of figure out what coaches or what kids are, or who's coach's son, right? And I think immediately from there, you can identify what's going on. If that coach is more focused on his kid during tryouts from, than, than, verse, than the evaluation process, sure. then that's yeah. a Now, if you're going, which I've had this encounter too, and you're, I think the majority of people are going are, are gonna to encounter this. Your kid is joining a travel ball team, right? Baseball, soccer, basketball. Yeah. And it's an established team, so they got to try out or they got to participate in practices. Hey, come and join our practices for the next two weeks. We'll get an evaluation and we'll let you know if your kid is uh, invited to join our team. That even gives you a better picture because you can get an evaluation on, on how the coaches are coaching the kids, how they're coaching your son, what's going on, if there's a more focus on certain kids. Um, to do that and and by all means if if the coach's son is a really good pitcher or a shortstop and you've identified then yeah absolutely it's great for him to go and play that position but if there's opportunities for other kids and you see some dynamics where it's only like that kid going on i mean there's red flags right you go and practice and or you go and jump into a tournament with a with a team and say hey we're playing in a one-day tournament why doesn't your son or daughter jump in with us and play well, if his kid is, is also in bats first and he goes up there and he can't hit for anything, but at the same time, the coach is saying, hey, we're not going to move him. We're going to move all this other stuff in there or we're going to move all these kids back. Then it should be a red flag. But at the same time, I would say be patient. It's a sample size of one, one sure. game. Sure. But I think the evaluation process of your son or daughter doing practices or joining a team should be, that's a keen eye and have a conversation. But I think even before the, if these red flags is, exist or they don't, I think every parent should have an opportunity to talk to the coach mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and ask them a question, not very specific about daddy ball, because I think some people take offense to it, but of I course. think you can ask them a question pertaining to their strategy. Um, what are you doing with this team? What are their goals for their team? Everyone's going to tell you it's to develop them. They're doing this and that. Everyone's going to give you yeah. the same spiel. But if you can talk to them about situations and give them a challenge, what happens if some of your players that are right now aren't, aren't performing? They're not doing well. They had a bad couple runs. Are you comfortable sitting them? Are you comfortable giving other kids the opportunity? Or, or how would you approach that? Like, mm-hmm. have that type of a conversation. If you have a good coach and he's willing to have the conversation with them, with, with the parent, then that's somebody that you should be on the team with. Yeah. Yeah. No, said, oh, well, I'll deal with it later. Mm-hmm. and he doesn't mm-hmm. want to have a conversation with you that that is a red flag that's gonna be a red flag for sure for sure now this is going to be uh, maybe a little bit more unique of a position but do you have any issues with a parent who you know maybe aging into an organization and wanting to come check out maybe like a, a game or two and watch the game the the season before like so if they called you up and said hey i'd love to come and check out you know you mind if i come in and you know watch a, watch a game and check out the coaches is, is that an issue for you at all no, absolutely not. No, yeah. no, they, they should definitely come, come in and, and do that. Um, but it's rare that you're going to have somebody ask that question. For sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Rare. And I think it's absolutely great advice on your part to, uh, from you to go ahead and tell parents, parents, mm-hmm. you should absolutely go check it out. The schedule nowadays with social media and the um, promotion of these teams, it can be a seven U travel ball team to a 
U15, right? Mm -hmm. uh, team that's going to a scouting tournament is absolutely go. Their availability to go in there and sit down and watch, um, whether you tell the coach or you just go and participate, it's absolutely great. Um, if you are considering that uh, or any team is considering your player, then that would be the first thing that you should ask. Can I go? Come, can I come and see some practices? Can I kind of come and see your, your yeah. the game? If the coach says, if the coach gives you some, hey, absolutely, come on in. Versus like, what, uh, why, why would you, why do you want to do it? Then there, obviously there's a red flag. But yeah. I think every coach would be open to it. And I think the parents need to take it upon themselves to do further research. I think what happens in travel ball is a coach approaches, let's say he approaches me and says, hey, your son is a great ball player. I've seen him do X, Y, and Z. We want him on our team. Now, most parents would be like, oh, man, my, someone just told my kid is great. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I'll be, on, I'll be on a team or this. Yeah, I'll see you there. <laughs> about commitment. They never ask about, like, where, where does he fit in terms of your team? Where do you see him fitting in? Um, is he, where do you see his potential? Where, what, what, what would you want, you know, how would you use my son or daughter? And it's, it, I think it's taken an onus of it, right? I think it's taken an onus from your parents. Now on the flip side though, I will tell you, Sean, is this. Some parents will give you the, okay, great. Well, my kid should play short. My kid should play center field. My kid should play every position that's a hot position. Right. And then as you get older, every position in travel ball is a hot position. But in the younger ages, my kid is the best pitcher. Are you going to pitch him? Mm -hmm. and the coach is like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> I haven't seen him that yet. Right. Yeah, so yeah. there's both sides of the coin, though. I know For we're sure. talking about daddy ball and we're talking about parents identifying red flags or identifying that. But there's also coaches should say should be able to evaluate and say, OK, I'm going to I'm going to talk to the parents. I'm going to see what's going on with the coach. And if you get or with the player. So you get the player there for a few practices. And you get a, a parent that's in the, in the stands yelling instructions or getting on the kid. You might think twice about taking that kid on board because of the parent. Yeah. Unfortunately, that, that's the world we've come in. Um, I like, I, I would supersede having a fun environment uh, with good parents and developing the kids than saying, okay, I'm going to get 12 studs. Yeah. I'll deal with the parents as it comes with with this and go try to get try to go win this five dollar ring yeah. right for each player like that uh, there is that and there's two sides of the coin now we'll, you know every every i think every coach will will tell you where they fall i mean that's just their perspective but yeah yeah no i think you touched on something you know very important there is that it's you know sure the parents and you know, athletes in some respect are selecting an organization, but the coach is also selecting the t families to their team, right? And, and that may come across, you know, you may be, you know, you're a parent to, to your son on this team. And, but that really may not have anything to do with, uh, you know, selecting that other player, right? They could play the same yeah. position. They could be completely different. They could be different athletes altogether. But if, you know, you've already identified some red flags on a parent's side, um, yeah. you know, you know, that's going to, you know, come into play and that's, you know, probably something that a lot of parents or families may not even understand. Right. And they probably still don't understand it. If you don't select them, they probably immediately jump to, Oh, it's daddy ball. My kid's short. So is his, uh, you know, that's why we didn't make the team. Right. Something like yeah. that. So I think that's really important for, you know, parents to understand is, you know, what are the questions you asked and, you know, how did you interact with the coach or the organization or the other family members on the team, right? I'm sure that all comes into play when you're selecting your team is, you know, are they going to be a good fit for organization? Or like you said, are they, you know, 
trying to coach from the stands and yelling at their kid right from day one. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that plays a big factor into it. I mean, um, you know, one of the things that, that I've done and, and not that I, I, I thought of this is I took it from, I don't know where I read about it is, you know, people say set the expectations as a coach or a manager, set the expectations on conduct, right? Player conduct, but also just expectations of the parents. Right. So in the last five years, I kind of, I took some samples from, expectations from leagues and other stuff like that. Not that I was trying to copyright, but I took some ideas and said, okay, what can I do a one page document that I can hand to the parents? Here's expectations that include conduct and includes your commitment level and includes all that good stuff. And then we're going to have a conversation about this, right? And it's going to be very transparent. You can read this. We can ask questions. You can clarify. Let me just tell you the background on why I do this, right? So we have this conversation. We do it up front. About 99% of the time, it's worked great. Mm-hmm. circumstance where we had to dismiss the coach that obviously didn't work because we had the conversation and still went into that back. But I think having the expectations, not only from, from the coach's standpoint, right. And if you're, if you're an open coach, like you, like some of these coaches say, Hey, I'm very open, open door policy, then throw it to the parents and say, what expectations do you have of me? Yeah. Yeah. Right. One of the expectations can be very simple because we participate in a, in, a, in, a, in a travel ball team right now. I'm going to tell you what sport because it'll it might give it away to somebody that, that hears me. Yeah. No, yeah. The coach there, I'm not a coach for that team, by the way, but um, so I'm just a dad. But the coach there shows up five minutes before each game. Hmm, okay. My expectation is for him to show up early. <laughs> a little you, bit earlier. Yeah. yeah. You ask my kids to be there 30, 40 minutes earlier and you show up five minutes before a game. And it's, it's very consistent. Like mm. if he shows up earlier than 15 minutes and it's like, whoa, you know, something, he must've had time today. I don't know. Yeah. But day off. Yeah. Of getting on time, being communicated yeah. and all that stuff. And, and so if, if a coach is, if the coach is open, then throw it to the parents and say, what expectations do you have of me? What, what works, right? I'm obviously going to try to work on there. My, my commitment is to the players. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, um, good and bad, we can't be, be- best friends with, with the parents like we know it'd be great if we did and i made i make tremendous friends right now that i can say that are really good friends of mine because i either coach their kids or they help me coach my kids whatever it might be sure but it's not always going to happen no so the dynamics there in terms of setting expectations go both ways right um and i think it's just being transparent and being confident to say okay what expectations do you want what do you want from a coach or travel ball team what do you what would you like not specifically, I want my kid to be a better pitcher, but what do you want from them, right? What do, you, what do you initially want? And one of the things that a parent told me when they were considering our team was, I want my kid to try different positions. Will he get that opportunity, right? He, he came up, they came up to me and asked me that question. Will he get that opportunity? And I said, absolutely. Number one reason why is, I don't know what position your kid plays. Yeah, yeah. You have to put them in different spots. Um, one, he's got to show it in practice that he's willing to kind of listen and work in different positions. And two, he's got to be open to say, Hey, um, you know, Joe, I want you at third base right now in this inning. And he's going to go out there and hustle and go try his best. Or in the next inning, Hey, I need you in right field. Right. Mm -hmm. Somehow there's this whole connotation of if my player at a younger age goes to the outfield, each of the corner outfields, that it's a demotion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It isn't. It isn't by all means. If I need, a, I need, if I need a glove out there that I'm going to put on there. And the perfect comparison is Mike Trout center fielder making half a billion dollar contract. <laughs> Bryce Harper, right field, having to make a, a billion, half a billion dollar contract. Manny Machado, 
he was told, we'll pay you this money, but you got to play third for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So it's a big change from him, for these players. But at the same time as these kids should have the ability to play multiple positions um, because you don't know a seven year old will be your stud shortstop in five years. He may be your best right, right fielder that you'll ever have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, I, I can speak to that. Like when I grew up, same thing, you know, everyone played infield, outfield, everyone was all over the place. And I think, uh, you know, right around, I guess it would, we had different levels, but like a 12 U, you know, my coach, you know, put me in yeah. center field and, you know, maybe I was a little bit bummed. Um, I honestly can't remember because now I've been just been playing the outfield for so long and, yeah. uh, you know, I am generally quicker, uh, you know, and I still play and I still play in the outfield, but I was yeah. quicker than, you know, most on the team, if not the fastest on every team I was at. So the coach saw that made sense. And whether he had a par- uh, conversation with my parents or not, I honestly can't remember because it wasn't that significant of a change. All I know is that I love the outfield, right? And yeah. that coach recognized that. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you would have asked me where I wanted to play. I probably would have said, you know, oh, second base, shortstop, something like that, right? One of the sexy, yeah. you know, middle infielders. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think, you know, trusting your coach like you're saying there and, you know, not, you know, tying your ego into where the, you know, your kid is playing. Cause the kid probably doesn't care. Right. They just want to play. Yeah. 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 And it's one of those dynamics where, like I said, is, uh, it was a great question. I'm glad the, the, the parent was confident enough to go ahead and yeah. ask me and say, where, where, where are you going to play my kid in multiple positions? Cause I think, um, that's a more valid question. I think from a parent and I think the parents should be able to be self-aware and say, I, I, as a parent, should not say I know where my position my player should be whether it's center field whether it's forward on a soccer field or whether it's a point guard right like you're saying the sexy positions in these sports right Mm -hmm. and say my kid is Steph Curry but at seven okay great but if you're if your coach at the time identified your player that he best fits in this position for now or this spot allow it to happen allow to see what will happen right you have the ability to take your kid home every day, take him to a park or let him just play outside and allow himself to develop in a better motion. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of circumstances like that. Like I said, I've had to make decisions like that for some players that will essentially help our team. Where can we have them in position? But I've also been on the other side where I wasn't a coach and my oldest son went on an all-star team. And during the entire season, he was shortstop, he played center field, he played wherever because he was faster than anybody else. So I needed somebody to quickly get to the ball. Well, he goes into All-Stars, they have three fast kids, and not all three of them can play shortstop, and all three of them can play center field. So they said, hey, we need another glove. Go to right field, go to second base, right? And he started at the bottom of the lineup. By Towards the end of the uh, the All-Star season, he ended up being their leadoff hitter. So it allow, if you allow the coach to kind of take the reins, then it gives the kids the experience, right? My kid, I remember what him, him telling me is like, hey, I got to play all these different positions that I normally wouldn't play. And I, and, and I said it, I, I was happy, but I also felt kind of bad because I'm like, maybe I wasn't giving him the exposure. Mm, good right? point. I, I wasn't maybe, maybe I wasn't doing my part to allow him to expose himself to other positions. And then I think back, I'm like, oh man, maybe those other players that, I should have had them try different positions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and there's age groups, right? Um, you know, you have a 15 year old that's been pitching for the last five, six years, then 
he's most likely going to be a pitcher minus every other position that he can play. But younger ages are those ones where you have the opportunity to let go as a parent, but also let go as a coach and say, okay, they're going to show me, they're going to show me in practice. Right. And if he can't catch a ground ball for the life of him, doesn't mean that he's not going to be a good infielder later on. It's just right now he may not fit into that profile. Yeah. 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 This weekend it may not work out. Right. So yeah. Yeah. It may not work out. Right. So move on to the next one, but it's tough. It is absolutely tough. We're dealing with that right now as we're building our all-star team with other coaches is like, we're trying to see where all these 12, 13 players fit, right? There's nine that you can field. And, you know, we have, I would say we have 13 infielders because we've identified that they all play infield. They're great, but we need catchers. We need outfield. We need good gloves out there. So now we're kind of in that, in that decision-making process on where we're going. And it's funny, Sean, the number one question that came up to everybody is how are we going to tell, or how are we going to communicate this to the parents that we're going to have their, their, there's going to be a lot of players that play positions that they maybe haven't seen them play before during rec ball or before, or they may have been the number one pitcher for their team in rec ball, but now they're number five in terms of depth chart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's that literally we're going to have, we have a parent meeting tonight to have some expectation talks and talk about that. So I, it's, 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 it's a, this whole travel ball, daddy ball thing. I think you, if the coach slash parent, if they've experienced both sides of the coin, you have respect for both sides yes. of the coin. You kind of understand and you're kind of playing, okay, I've been there as a coach. I know how tough it is. I've been there as a parent and I know how tough it is to sometimes keep my mouth shut or to yeah. be a supportive parent. Like what, it, what, how do you cheer? Like I've, I've had to tell parents, Hey, let coaches coach, right? Mm-hmm. We've all heard that cliche. Let coaches coach parents, parents cheer. Right. And I tell parents, you know what cheering is? Right. And they all kind of give me a stare. Like I'm trying to be a smart ass, which I'm not, but <laughs> Cheering is like, hey, hey, little Joe, good job, great job. And I tell him, you know what not cheering is? Hey, little Joe, move back. Hey, Joe, move, mm-hmm. your, yeah. uh, move towards first base. You're doing great. You're doing great. Stay there. That is not cheering. No, no. That's very different. Very different. <laughs> yeah, very different. And as we go in and we explain that, then the parents kind of go, aha, uh-huh, okay. And the only reason I know that is because I've been a parent. Mm-hmm. And I've caught myself in my head saying, why do they have my son playing so far left? That's not where he should play. Yeah. And all I can do realistically from out of respect, all I can do is just think it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just yeah. want to say, it. right. And then something happens and the ball gets hit right back to him. I'm like, ah, there you go. Oh, they know what's up. Yeah. 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 They know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No. And I think what, uh, you know, kind of the, the overall theme I'm getting, I'm hearing from you is that, uh, you have to give the coach a shot, right? If at some point you've identified that this is, might be a good fit for, for your son or daughter on whatever team, um, you know, maybe whether you're a guest playing or you're, you know, doing a, a couple of week evaluation, um, go and watch those practices, go and watch a couple of games, uh, but just try and keep your mouth shut and, and evaluate, right? Just take a, yeah. take a step back almost remove yourself from that situation so that you can really kind of get a big picture view of, you know, what the coach is actually trying to do rather than focusing on, okay, what is my kid doing? Why are they doing this versus not doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Because during an evaluation process, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be evaluating your son as a parent. 
Yeah. As a parent, you shouldn't be evaluating your son. So your exact point is like, if you're going there to evaluate the team, evaluate the team. Keep mm-hmm. an eye on the coaches. Keep an eye on what they're doing. And don't let a one-day evaluation um, cloud your judgment. Cloud your yeah. judgment, right? Um, because if they're doing specific drills or they're doing something, they might not do that every practice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but evaluate the coaches, evaluate that, and make a decision because travel ball, I mean, there's all these articles about, uh, you know, there's stuff on HBO about how much it's costing people, people taking out second mortgages, people, yeah. you know, families saying, hey, we pay $100,000 a year to do this. Um, it, it is, it's a big financial commitment. And really, this has turned into a financial gain for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we've, we've, there's, uh, I, have a, I have a friend of mine who has his son in travel ball for a uh, older, older son. And um, there is no fees. Okay. Right? And, and the reason, and the reason there's no monthly fees, there's no like this. And the reason they do it is they've committed to staying local. So the fees associated to traveling or doing all that, when they play a tournament, it's whoever, whoever's going to be there that weekend is how it's sliced up. Okay. And before it's even sliced up, they do a lot of fundraisers to cover their tournaments, right? Yeah. They do a lot of scrimmages locally where they'll be able to have access to a free park and then they just invite the team that they will play in a tournament anyways. So there's ways of managing this without saying, Hey, I gotta, I gotta get a second job to do this. Or I gotta, I gotta choose between vacationing and training, playing travel ball. But all that is, is a focus, right? I didn't know that that's the way they ran it. until I asked them, I said, how do you, how do you guys, how much do you charge? And he goes, we don't charge anything. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, this is what we do. I'm like, geez, as simple as it is, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? So now as a parent, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm looking at a team, ask them, is there, a way that, is there a way that we can financially not charge? Or, or, or have you considered not traveling? Right? Everyone goes to Vegas for the World Series, and everyone does this and does that. Well, do I need to take my seven U, my seven U team there <laughs> versus my U twelve and U fourteen team where maybe you're getting some scouts already taking a look at them? Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't take my teams that way. Mm-hmm. I don't take any of the teams out there. I only have anything. I've gone up to U ten. I don't take anybody out there. Yeah. And the coaches agree, and the parents are like, "Thank you for not having us making this drive all the way over there." Yeah. Or, or pay for a hotel and do that because it's a big financial commitment, right? Of course. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. What par- and what parents don't know either is that during this financial commitment, a lot of these a lot of these teams charge X amount because the coaches are getting paid. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yes. And we had initially when you had reached out, we had talked about like coaches that have daddy ball that they're have the kid on the team, right? It's, that's pretty cut and dry and what that means versus coaches that don't have kids on their team. And what are the dynamics on that, right? Yeah. That, that changes a lot. That's a big decision making for the parents. But at the same time, from a financial standpoint is why, why, why pay all this money, right? Why pay, mm-hmm. what am I getting in return? Who do I have access to, right? Um, and it, 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 there's, there's so many decision making standpoints, right? Whether you're playing girls softball, Boys baseball, soccer, basketball, whatnot. I mean, there's a lot of decisions, and unfortunately, for the parents, is very tough. It's very yeah. tough, especially. It, and you, you played, you played yourself, Sean. I played myself growing up, and and I think I, I kind of know. I won't say I, I know. I kind of have an idea what I want for my kids mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of sports. Um, will they go pro? I don't know. My kids are little. I don't know. Yeah, they may, they may not too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Who but knows? do I want them to learn and to develop and have fun and make some new friends and 
And hopefully I make some friends along the line with the parents. Yes, I do. But I don't know. Bro. Most of these parents have, I, I, I had a parent tell me one time. He goes, and it's because they're shot. How do I tell you this without kind of, hopefully if they ever see this video, they can tell me to find out if, if, who they are. Their, their son is a nephew of a former MLB player. Pretty popular MLB player. Okay. Well-known MLB well known. player. Very well-known. Well, the, the dad of that MLB player, I guess, told him one time, hey, your son is showing all the signs of my son who ended up playing MLB. And he's telling me this story, and I'm thinking to myself, he's identified your son. I don't know if you want to guess the age, Sean. Guess the age of Where are son. we, like, something early, like a 12 no, six years old. Six. Six. <laughs> so in that, in, oh. in that environment, you're telling me that, yes, your dad, who had a son that played MLB, you know what the percentage is, very low percentage oh, that damn. they even make it again, that even the brother makes it. Yeah. You're telling me that he, as a six-year-old, has identified him as a, one of the sexy positions and that he has a chance to go pro. So what ends up happening in the next couple of years? They put this kid through the ringer. Oh, no. Put him through camps and this, go year-round baseball, and they do this and that. I, I've, we've, we've lost touch, so I have no idea if the kid's still playing, mm -hmm. if he wants to play, whatnot. But it's one of those I'm like, oh, my goodness. How can, how can we put that much pressure on a six-year-old? Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, it's... Yeah, I actually had just had a great discussion. A good friend of mine was signed uh, to the Blue Jays organization and his experience was the exact opposite. Uh, there was no pressure from his parents. Um, you know, he, now he was a, a lefty pitcher. So, you know, you already have a little bit of a leg up um, in yeah. terms of, you know, just the overall talent pool. But, you know, his parents rarely came to some of his games uh, and there was just, you know, a lot going on in the family, multiple kids with different, you know, sports. So yeah. there was just, there's no pressure. As long as he was having fun, they're happy to support. He played hockey and baseball um, and, you know, just kept, kept succeeding yeah. because he loved the game. Right. And that's why, you know, he put that work in because he genuinely loved going out there, you know, night after night, you know, BP or, you know, pitching all that yeah. type of stuff rather than, hey, we think you're pretty good, like you're saying there, we think you're good, now you're going to sign up for extra lessons. You're going to play on this team. Now you're going to guest play uh, because we need to get more reps and get more eyes on you at six yeah. years old. Like, mm -mm, mm. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he's, you played it right. One of the things that stood out in your comment right now is that yeah. he played multiple sports, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's an entirely new conversation, but – if you pull it back to what we're talking about today, daddy ball, or, or just the, 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 the evaluation process, right? If your son or daughter plays multiple sports, let that coach know immediately. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why is this, my son plays multiple sports. Is that okay with you? Mm -hmm. will, will that deter you from taking my son? Would you be okay that when my son has a hockey game or a basketball game and he can't make it to this game, is that going to interfere with, how you view or, or you or you develop my player yeah right um because if it is if the coach says no you know what i, I, I prefer I, you know they use these you know they try to make it all common and make it all okay but i prefer he only focuses on soccer man i'd be turning around running out the door yeah yeah 
I'd be turning around. Whether he plays multiple sports or I would even say be more clear, multiple activities, right? Sure. Yeah. Could be, you know, band, choir, something like that. Absolutely. It doesn't you know? necessarily matter because I think yeah. that development in itself is, is going to be helpful and it's going to help the, the, the parents make that decision, right? Yeah. If, if they're always saying, you know what, I think it would be best for him to, to commit to baseball for the next 10 months, then you're probably going to have some parents say, okay, great, great. That's the idea I had for my son too. And even though he's seven, he's ready to go. <laughs> right. Versus yeah. the other ones like, let him, let him, let him be. I mean, there's uh, you know, Jim Tomei who's uh, on, um, he's on MLB network. Right. Yeah. Um, there was an interview with him and he talked about like, do you have your kids in travel ball? Where are you pushing? He's like, nah, my kid don't play travel ball. Yeah. <laughs> I won't even play football 14 and maybe he'll play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And it, it is different. I know there's a different perspective because you're talking about an MLB player who's probably set for life with millions of dollars and he can make a decision where that, but a lot of times where these kids and um, you have parents were like, Hey, this is my ticket out. Oh, right? absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and there's so much, I mean, and it's, it's great to say that because you can say, Hey, my kid, I'm going to push him hard at school because he's my ticket out. He's going to go be a doctor. He's going to be, I don't know. He's going to go run a company yeah. and, and do it that way. Right. But your kid gets breaks in academics. Why shouldn't he get breaks in, in, in sports? Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Different. yeah same kind of a, a framework. But yeah, going back to daddy ball, yeah. I think if, if, you, if your kid plays multiple sports and you, and you have a coach that's okay with that, then you found a really good coach. You found somebody that's willing to use it. You were talking about being, uh, I played second I played second and center field pretty much all my career. When I was pretty fast, I get to the ball, but I also played soccer. And yeah. I was usually the fastest guy on the baseball team, not the fast guy in soccer because we have a bunch of soccer players. But I was fast guy on the soccer ball on the on the on the on the baseball diamond. But um, I always played two sports. Like yeah. that was just yeah. fun. I didn't make it pro, but I enjoyed playing it. And to this day, I, I still love the game. So um, I think parents have to make the decision, and it's tough. Like I said, I think the biggest key to this, if I could just say, you know, one last comment, is just as a parent, just be self-aware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. self-aware as to the fact of like why why'd you even put your kid in sports when you put him in at two three years old and you get him that plastic bat to hit off of a plastic tee to hit a plastic ball didn't you laugh when he missed it yeah <laughs> it was hilarious you have to probably have victims and you showed everybody yeah absolutely now, he, now he's 10 years old and he had a bad miss and now it's like hey you're not you're gonna walk home you're not yeah. gonna get dinner and you're not gonna play Fortnite. you're not gonna be able to do this and you're not gonna be able to do that it's like be self-aware because I'm trying to catch myself. I'm, I, we had a bad game last night and you know, yeah, I follow in the philosophy of like, you have nothing good to say. Don't say nothing at all. So mm-hmm. I just stay kind of mm-hmm. quiet. Yeah. My son had a bad game and I got to remember those times where it was so fun to watch him miss the ball. So fun to say, Hey, he ran to third base instead of first when he was four. Yeah. <laughs> right? And yeah. You missed you had a bad game. So it's just being self-aware and saying as, as, as a parent, it's, it's more than just daddy ball, right? Yeah. Think about it as what's your investment that you're doing, your time, your commitment. You're leaving work early. You, you, you're you telling a family member, hey, I can't come to your party. Why? Because my son has a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It's a big commitment you make as, as a parent. So the daddy ball approach, it's out there. It's prevalent. There is always some part or some percentage of every team that has daddy ball. Yeah. Um, it's not like you're going to find the perfect team that doesn't have it. Um, I'm not saying that, but there's always going to be a percentage. So what else are you looking for? What else, are, what other environment are you looking for? Are you looking for good parents to be around your kids? Then that's a big selling point. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of it's tough for parents and it's a big money grab right now for travel ball. Is yeah. come play here, we'll be more competitive, we'll have your kids set up. I went to a, I, I took my my older son to um, to try out for travel basketball. Um, he excels in basketball. He likes it. He was curious about it, and he was a little bit afraid because it would be nobody that he knows. It would be a brand new team and travel ball. After the first tryout, we had a parent meeting, and the coach is trying to sell me on not me, but the entire um, group of parents on that their site or their location, their group, the organization is getting kids ready for the NBA. Wow. Okay. Right there. And yeah. then I shut down. Yeah. Yeah. My kid, my kid is 10 years old. That's my <laughs> older one, 10 years old. Do I want him to be Steph Curry? Yeah. But in the backyard. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> backyard and go shoot threes all you want. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, nah, yeah, this doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, this is not gonna pan out. Nope. Mm-hmm. nope. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you, you lost me at all you're trying to do. And he goes, if you, you know, if you're, if you start now, look at how much more you'll be available. We've gotten kids, um, you know, in D three programs and D two programs. I'm like, look, I went to a D one program. I played a lick of, of college baseball or college soccer. I played in a mural, and I think I turned out all right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I'm the percentages again of going and being pro. It's tough because in travel ball, there is this big connotation of this big, big uh, perception that if they go travel ball, it's the only way to get into MLB. Yeah. I hear that so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's that kind of a dynamic. But be self-aware, parents. Just be self-aware of, of what you want for your child. If it's If there's daddy ball, there's daddy ball. Absolutely. Have a conversation with the coaches. Hey, if you're evaluating your, if you're evaluating a practice or a trial, why don't you turn to your right or to your left and talk to a parent? Mm-hmm. Or you've been on the team that long. What, what do you like about the team? Like, what's been really good? When, when you guys have lost, like, what happens? Does the coach, does the coach talk to the players? Do you talk to you guys? What goes on? Yeah, that in itself may tell you more than what you need to know from the coach. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, j- just listening to you, you know, or, you know, in this conversation, I, I think is uh, probably, you know, one of the biggest pieces of advice is, and really what you were hammering there is, you know, just have those conversations and get a feel for what that coach yeah. is going to bring. Right. You know, you talked about, you know, your expectations conversation and the, the handout and, you know, how you, you know, run through a, a practice and all these things, you know, I can tell you know, right off the hop that if my kid is going to try out for you know your team, I'm probably going to feel comfortable at least coming to that you know organization, your team, and you know having my my kid try out just based on this conversation here, right? So I think you can kind of tell a lot about a coach, you know, just in the way they approach coaching and the team and the organization. And like you said, you know, if they're shutting down or asking, you know, hey, why would you want to come watch a practice, things like that. Well, you know, you have some immediate red flags there. And it, I don't even think it matters whether they're, you know, a dad or not. Um, you're, you're really just trying to figure out what that coach is bringing to the team and are they going to be dedicated to the yeah. team uh, and not just one, you know, their child yeah. or even like one or two individual players, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know what? I will, uh, I'll let you kind of get back to your, your day there, but, uh, you know, I really appreciate your insights here. Uh, some really great info, uh, and not just baseball, you know, we talk baseball, but you know, sports in general, that the whole, you know, yeah. travel sports and, you know, whether it's travel or just, you know, youth sports, you know, rec leagues, whatever it is. Um, you know, I think this is some really great, really valuable information for parents uh, and something that they can take, uh, you know, year after year for years to come yeah man i appreciate it thanks for having me and uh you know i've um i'm not a, I, I, I don't know it all and i'll be the first mm -hmm. one to tell you sure i just i'm i'm a coach i'm a parent that seeks information and seeks understanding and seeks better to to get better myself like like i said like it's funny that we're doing this interview because last night was a perfect example where i probably need to be more self-aware as not only as a coach but as a parent mm -hmm. and what I do today and the decisions that I make that I have today moving forward is, is what matters, right? What matters after a big loss as a, as a, 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 um, a tough performance for my own son, but um, you know, it's, it's who I surround myself with. And, you know, one of the coaches, I called him today and I'm just like, Hey man, this is how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. And had a conversation around it. And, you know, I think we both feel better and we both have a good, good understanding. And it's always like, how can we remove ourselves from the situation? And the yeah. first thing, the first thing I did was like, yeah, my son's seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it. Like it was that, it was that plain and simple as like, come on, Ray. Like he's only seven, like mm -hmm. you were seven and nowhere, nowhere. If I can remember, I was nowhere as good as he was. So, okay. Let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Let it go. Move let on. it go and, just, and try to be better. Yeah. Try to be a better coach. Try to be a better parent. Um, and, uh, and just try to improve. Like, like if you're not the coach or the parent that's always trying to improve, uh, yourself, then you can't demand that from your own child, right? You can't tell them, Hey, do better. And then you just, your side, you just, you're not self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing the same thing. But yeah, just, just, you know, we all got to be better. We all got to get better day by day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. You know, like I said, again, thank you. Thank you so much for this. Uh, lots of great info. And I'm really excited to, you know, you know, put this out and have, you know, all of our parents and coaches, I think, you know, coaches yeah. and parents can, can learn from, you know, your experience and your insight and your point of view, uh, you know, super valuable for, for everyone out there. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. Awesome. We'll thank you very much. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. All right, bye.